number 16 of the next episode this is episode 16 of the next episode where we talk the we talk the the tv shows we're watching we drop every week season two has officially wrapped of the mandalorian the mando a delorean i'm your host bradley backs with my man chris bucky watts today we are talking about Season two, the season finale, what's to come? Uh, there's actually a lot to talk about uh, with it because there's been a lot of confusion, and we'll get into the gossip and the juice and the jelly at the end. But we'll start talking about the episode. Yeah. And man, Chris, I feel just asking you, did you were you? expecting a lot of these surprises or something of this caliber or did they exceed what your your expectations i expected something big to happen there's been all this teasing for the season about certain things or like you know everybody has like there were crazy fan theories or like you know like oh well this character was here and oh this person's doing this right what could this be so like there i there was so much stuff flying around i knew that it couldn't be lackluster like it wouldn't just be like Oh, there was no big twist. Pretty played out pretty much how we thought. Mm-hmm. I did not imagine it was going to go down the road. It did. While I'm very happy it, it, that it went down that road, I, I was just like, "Wow!" I, I, I was, which which was a cool feeling, right? Because that means I was. If it had been super predictable, I've been like, "Yeah, yeah, definitely." Okay, cool to see. But instead, it was like, "No way." I was, I, uh, to be honest, I was blown away by, um, especially uh, the last ten minutes or whatever. Absolutely. Um, we I feel like I learned so much too in the last like twenty minutes of that episode about just like where everything's kind of gonna go. Um, yeah, definitely. I I guess I would say I thought the the battle with Moff Gideon was a wasn't the the climax that I thought it was gonna be because of everything sure. else. But I still was very like I was. I mean, I was hitting you up with like explode, exploding heads. I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck?" Yeah, it was, it was definitely wild. Like the ride itself, you know, the buildup was so much different than I thought. It, the buildup to what it was was different. If you know, kind of reiterating what you're saying, it was like, but but at the same time, I sort of knew that I didn't think there was gonna be some epic Moff Gideon fight. I think that's what this show has done really well. It's kind of like. Instead of these long epic battles, it's like these quick little like tussles, which mm-hmm. I actually kind of enjoy. That it's not this huge like set piece where they're battling through five different rooms and shit like that. You're like, okay, everybody's tired now. Like you guys be out of breath. Instead, it's just like a good old fashioned fisticuffs, um, which I like game too. Yeah, like each move I felt in that battle. Exactly, scene. exactly. And so I think that for me, I was okay with that. But yeah, I, the last ten minutes especially, it was a good episode. It was a great episode. It was fun, action packed. They're making their moves. They're doing their stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that last 10 minutes, though, is just like you're on a different level. Like, it just changes yeah. the game. And it changed the game in a really interesting way. We'll get into it, obviously. But it changed it not in the typical 
cliffhanger fashion, right? It wasn't like it built in those 10 minutes. Those were so epic because, oh my God, can you believe what happened? And I can't wait to see what happens in season three. No, it was like the closing of a chapter that happened. And you're still at the end of those 10 minutes saying, holy shit, I can't believe what I just watched. Right, right. So going forward, we're going to get into some super, super spoilers. So you've been warned. I'm also glad that we waited a few days to to do this. Usually we try and do this yeah, as soon as possible. Let everybody kind of get it in, watch it a couple times. But also a lot of news came out as well that we will talk at the, towards the end, uh, the future of The Mandalorian and where it's going. Uh, this has 100%. Not surprised by that Surprise. on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, this is the rescue. Obviously, baby Grogu is in cuffs. It was so like weird to see him in those little baby handcuffs. It was so it was like, yeah, they had to make those. And it was you know so I mean? sad like, to watch to, that though. They had to craft those. Well, yeah, I imagine so. That's a lot of work. <laughs> and he puts together. What Marvel would call it's what? Would they call that the A Squad? Uh, yeah, yeah, the A Squad, the Avengers. Well, not like, that. It's the t- no, he gets a, the I'm team sorry, back it's together. Force. It's A Force. A Force. That's A-Force, what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. He, all, you're talking about? Well, it wasn't all gals. Well, it, it, I mean, besides Boba just being Boba was just a limo driver. Well, he's mostly this season. I mean, it's great to see him come back, but he yeah, has really his. just been the getaway driver, which. I'm actually okay with because when he's been badass, he's been badass. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoy the fact that he's just sort of like, "I'm here. What are we doing?" I mean, yeah, he f- and he also fought the other, that one chick at the beginning. Yeah, the very beginning starts with a bang, you know, a cool fight, a great section there when you know you get a little more in an episode that had a lot to cover and a lot to chew on. I really enjoyed that that exchange between Boba and the other Mandalorians because it really did give us the viewers a little more. It pieced together a little bit of yeah. his relationship, how different they are. I mean, it brought back in the fact that he's a clone. You know what I mean? Like, that's something yeah. we all know. And if you watch the original three, you know that. But they're yeah. sort of pissed at him about it. Yeah, they're like, they're, yeah, I thought, which I thought was interesting. They were they were using that as like, they were poking at him. Like, you're just a clone. But he did make that, uh, he said that line about his voice being the last one that she would ever hear. I thought was like a pretty... Solid comeback, but yeah, they were like banging on. Solid him because, comeback, but they well, were banging a, on him because he was a clone. A good, it's a really good um, part of the social climate of the the galaxy because mm-hmm. you know you've seen it in the Mandalorian himself, and you've seen it in shows like Clone Wars, or uh, you, even, you even saw it in A New Hope in the very first one, right? Like people don't like droids. Droids are un, untrustworthy. Like after the droid, the Clone Wars, the Droid Wars, like. These people were like, I don't trust droids. They're like, they're just garbage. Like they're basically less than, they don't deserve rights or anything like that. Right. Right. Well then clones come around and clones end up being this fighting force. Everybody's like, cool, we have this clone army. But then the clone army basically is what turns them into a galactic empire. Right. So these people are now being subjugated by clones, the first waves of stormtroopers who are clones. Mm -hmm. And so you see the sentiment of like, well, clones aren't human either. They're less than human. We're pure bloods. He was just made in a test tube. And so there's an interesting dynamic you get to see there where, yeah, Boba Fett hasn't followed any code of the Mandalorian. He really just inherited it from Jango, but it's a really cool moment for them. Not, not to not recognize him as a Mandalorian, but be like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, I've heard Bo-Katan was huge in the Clone Wars. She's like, I've heard your voice a thousand times. Like, right. you're just another clone. But his thing, like, to to your point, is like, you ain't never seen a clone like me, bitch. 
Like, I don't have <laughs> yeah. the aging thing in me. I lived a whole goddamn life of being a badass, so eat a dick. Yeah. And it's like, let's put our flamethrowers and shoot them at each other at the same time, which was so cool. Yeah. That, that, it was a good thing to start off with, I thought, Then and the, just the de- demeanor between the different camps. And Yeah. They, I mean, and the fact that Mandalorian, you know, was just standing there letting them kind of duke it out for a second. It's like, and I'm then, not going to get in the way of this. That's his thing, though. You know, his, his yeah, thing is... Like, I'm not going to get in other people's business if I'm not directly involved. I also want to point out, too, I felt like this episode had the most of the Star Wars curse words. Like, they were saying all kinds of shit in this episode. I was like, They brought in a bath. You know, you're looking at me through the other side of a BAFTA tank. Obviously, a BAFTA tank. I say obviously, like some kind of piece of shit. I mean, a BAFTA tank is the thing that Luke's in after he gets cut up in... Um, Empire Strikes Back, it's that floating, very famous tank that heals you. Um, so it's like they're throwing in a lot of lore, a lot of Kurt, like a lot of like, yeah, big bang boom, you know? They're throwing a lot of felonies at yeah, you. A lot of felonies coming your way. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was, what's the biggest one? It's like, Dak, what is it? She said, Dank Farrick uh, just means Dank shit. Farrick, yeah. You know, it's just like, fuck me. It would be the, I, I would think it would be closer to Jesus Christ. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about we've been just been talking about the episode, but the plot of this is is basically the the A4 squad is gonna go in there, cause this big distraction while uh Mandalorian's gonna go swoop up Go uh Grogu. And see it sounds easy enough, but of course it's it never is. Moff Gideon um also they all kind of have their own motive. Um Sure. Bo Katan obviously wants the the saber. Yes. So she's yeah, like, Bo-Katan definitely needs the dark saber. She's so, she's like, yeah, hell yeah. So she's expecting to have this fight, and we learn about this in the episode. But she's expecting to have this fight with him in the bridge, but he's not there. And mm-hmm. man, the a Mandalorian doesn't really know his, her motives or like what needs to happen, and for her to get that saber and what that sure, means. Yeah. This whole, and, I mean, I think that's one thing that this episode, that this episode and this world it's crafting has done well so far also is that it gives you a lot of pieces of the puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make the characters describe those always to each other. This episode from what, you know, in, if you just do the rough overview is about the Mandalorian and this team taking over the light cruiser of Moff Gideon and for the Mandalorian to get back Grogu. But every, but there are other plots that are happening underneath that that you don't even know about until... And even for someone like me who's watched Rebels, who's watched all of Clone Wars, who understands the history and the power of the Dark Saber, I, there are things I'm not putting together. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's a whole other plot happening here. And that's going to what you're saying, which is, yes, you know, she goes thinking she's going to find Moff Gideon on the bridge, but he ain't there. No, he's waiting for Mando in the, the cap, like, the, I guess the holding cell. Yeah, the brig, the brig. Was that the brig? What's the bridge? The bridge is the... A bridge is a command deck. A brig, B R I G G, is a uh, is right. a holding cell, a prison on a on any naval vessel. Yeah, I felt. I mean, I guess I, it was expected that Mandalorian would handle Moff Gideon pretty pretty easy. But it, I guess going into that, I kind of was thinking they had four like badass chicks going in there to take down Moff Gideon, while Mando just kind of handled it himself. Yeah, that's the thing we saw. You know, you see this in some other characters in Star Wars lore, especially in um, uh, a great example would be General Grievous. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, General Grievous is a lightsaber wielder and a very talented one who's not a Jedi and actually, or a Sith, and is not force sensitive at all. Like his, every time he's wielding lightsabers with two arms or four arms, um, he's just using his skills in those sense. And we see that with Moff Gideon here, you know, this isn't a guy who, yeah, he has the dark saber. That doesn't mean he's a Sith. It doesn't mean he knows how to really feel the force and wield it properly to him. It's just a laser sword. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I love what you're saying, because the idea is even if he was on the bridge, these chicks show up with guns, knock everybody out. He has to surrender right away. But instead you're getting this great meeting in the ship where the Mandalorian, obviously our guy um, gets to interact with him and they get to have kind of a, a fisticuffs. Yeah. But at the same time, now that I'm thinking about it and we're talking about it, it it kind of almost seems crafty in a way for Moff Gideon to do that and what like take his chances fighting the Mandalorian because he knows Bo-Katan's coming for him, gunning for him. And sure. he, know, he knows that if he knows it's probably better if he loses, it's probably better that Mando picks up this sword. It's a good villain, right? A villain who, crafty. who even in, even in loss can win. Right. So, yeah. Okay, basically, I could kill the Mandalorian, and then I get to keep the kid. The Mandalorian kills me, but then he takes the dark saber, which causes problems, or he takes me in alive and takes the dark saber, which also causes problems. So it's really it's a it's a win win win. Even if he loses, obviously he doesn't see what's coming later on. But right. you know he's thinking, oh boy, this will cost him some stuff. I got so my my question for you now is in this scene with Moff Gideon and the Mandalorian. Um, Moff Gideon's like, yo, you could take him because I've already copied all, all. I got everything I need, pretty much. I copied everything. Is this a Snoke reference? Is this what we kind of? I feel like there's hints being dropped, but it aren't finite. And why? Yeah, we you don't we find talked that about out. This, yeah, we talked about this in in I think episode three. It was uh, the one where they went back to Navarro. It might have been episode two, and they find that facility. Right. Um, this sort of confirms that there are two moments that confirm this in the episode. One is the very beginning. I mean, this episode opens with a bang which is basically a uh imperial shuttle jumping out of hyperspace being chased by slave one mm -hmm. um because on board is the scientist we've seen in season one and season two and basically during that exchange when they end up boarding the ship which by the way awesome by the way that the, both it knocks out and he's just like prepare to be boarded i'm coming in um it's super cool and the way slave one raises up over the front awesome but when mm -hmm. he comes in that that pilot takes advantage and i love i'm glad we transitioned this because this is a really important point I, that i've been excited to talk about not this one but the next one anyways he holds him at he holds him at gunpoint he says you know who this is this is a this is a elite clone engineer yes. so the a new republic wants him and i think that's we've sort of already known we saw what was in the tanks there are people in there he needs this blood it has these crazy metachlorians so him saying he's a clone engineer is sort of giving us a, giving away the fact that yes this is a bridge. This is a bridge to the cloning of of Snoke, but more importantly, it's to the cloning of Palpatine. Snoke is a clone reject that Palpatine can control. Mm -hmm. So this whole process is leading us to what's going to happen in the future three movies. It's connecting to those by saying, you know, hey, in in or in the last Skywalker, whatever the fuck it was called, Rise of Skywalker, um, in the Rise of Skywalker, we Star never Wars explained nine. you. In fact, we missed a lot of good opportunities in the very beginning of that movie to tell you that Palpatine was a clone. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and say, here's what happened. Here's a story in, hidden in this story of Grogu or Grogu. Here's it's hidden in here to say, well, this is how we clone Palpatine. Hmm. Yeah, I, so, I don't very important. I feel like that's a you got to know 
your game to catch that because I definitely barely caught that. Sure. And then again, like you were saying, Moff Gideon in the cell with him says, I already have all the blood he need, or I have all the blood from him I need. Its properties are going to bring order back to the right. to the galaxy. So we know that he's working still, even in Palpatine's death, he's working towards the goal of bringing him back, which is the ultimate goal of Palpatine. It's always been about either staying alive forever or being able to be brought back after death. So yes. um, it really does fit in with, with everything. Um, now let's get to the big... Uh, a big, un, uh, I guess, reveal is that we see uh, Mando brings Moff Gideon sure. to Bo-Katan. How like, great Yo. is that scene when he walks in holding the Darksaber to see our Mando boy holding that sick-ass yeah. lightsaber? Yeah. Do you know the lightsaber is real, by the way? Is it part of the Guardian of the Galaxy space program that That's we have it. now? Nailed it. Yeah, it's our part of our... No, that thing, that saber that is constructed real. So, like, it's not just a hilt that they computer animate the blade onto. It's oh. actually a light... Uh, it's actually a hilt with a jet black blade that has an LED white light that runs around it. So they can just have to edit... They have yeah, to computer generate light. the motion of it. Mm-hmm. But it, when, they, when they're actually walking around on set, they're holding, like, a full glowing lightsaber, dark saber, which That's is cool. super cool. I, there's Anyways. also there's also a replica that they've released, I believe, now as well. Oh boy, howdy! Anyway, um, add to cart. So Mando's walking in, like, all right, cool, we've got everything we need. Here's Moff Gideon. Here's this lightsaber that you guys want so bad, and whatever the fuck, I, why you guys want this, I don't know, but here it is. Goes to give it to right. Bo-Katan, and she's like, she's looking at him, absolutely just defeated and dumbfounded, like you motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, I don't know. And like, I love it. I love it for multiple reasons because we're all at that same moment. Like, why did why why is she mad? Just like she looks so upset with him. In a in like, a dis- she just looks like a defeated child. Like, oh no, he did it. And so then, of course, he's like, here you go. And she's like, just stares at him. And Moff Gideon starts the narrative of breaking it down that like, oh yeah, she can't take that. She has to win it in battle. So then that opens a whole nother door. And you're like, whoa. Uh, Bo-Katan about to fight Mandalorian. Like, he's like, just fucking take it. I don't want it. Like, here. Yeah, which I think is a really good scene in that part. I, I love especially when, you know, Moff Gideon says narrating what's going on. And he says, she has to take it in combat. And the, and the way that he just goes, I yield. Is like this great way of being like, yeah. okay, like punch me, I yield. Here you go. And I do think this scene, it's very interesting. It, it brings up a lot of it brings up a lot of interesting things about Mandalorian culture and the dark saber. It also brings up a couple flaws, in my opinion. And those flaws are this: one, I know that she doesn't know him and doesn't really trust him, but or in in a way, she doesn't trust the Mandalorian, right? She doesn't trust mm-hmm. Din, but. He doesn't know anything about Mandalorian culture. That's already established in the fact that he wouldn't take his helmet off, right? right. So he doesn't even know what he's holding. He doesn't know what the dark saber even means. So I just feel like I know I mean, her yeah, thing he, is well. If I tell him, I mean, then he just found out what a Jedi was. Me. He just found out what a yeah. Jedi was like a couple so weeks ago. I, so I feel like if in the beginning she said, "Hey, here's the deal. If you're on a Moff Gideon, you can't defeat him. I have to be the one." Like I feel like there's a relationship there enough to say, "I need to take back Mandalore." And I need that weapon to do it. Like, she could have just told him. Instead, she didn't tell him, which caused problems. And I understand why that's in there for the plot. The other big issue is there's quite a big retcon that's happening here. Or I should say a postcon. I'm not sure. Because not to spoil it for anybody, but 
in the show Rebels, if you're going to watch Rebels, just don't listen to the next 30 seconds. In the show Rebels, Sabine, who is a Mandalorian that's part of the team in Rebels, like the main group, she is the one that actually rediscovers the Darksaber. Okay, after Darth Maul left yes. Mandalore because he was ousted, he hid on a plant on a planet where the Night Sisters used to live. Anyways, and he hid it in a cave. She goes in and she's able to retrieve it. She has it. She knows the history. She learns more about it. She knows what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. In Rebels, she runs into Bo Katan and says, "Here, this is for you. The people will rally around you. It's your job to take back Mandalore." And Bo Katan says, "Awesome. That sounds great." And takes it from her. So all of a sudden, in mm. that sense, which this is a direct, indirect relation to Rebels, right. in that sense, the show, because that's canon, this is canon, Sabine can hand it over, but Din can't hand it over. And the only thing I'm going in my head is somebody might be listening and they might say, oh, wait, you know, I can send you a link. And I wish they would to the fact that because Sabine is actually a, uh, she is a real Mandalorian, like she is mm. one from Mandalore, that that means that it can transfer like that, but because he's from an outside weird cult, he can't. I just, as I was watching, I was like, she can take it. Also, his I yield works fine. Like, it doesn't have to be a killing blow. It just has to be that you were defeated by your opponent. <clears throat> so he could just say, I yield, or punch me in my fucking helmet, and then I'll hand it to you. Like, there yeah. are ways around this rule. Yeah, but I, I think maybe, and just for the sake of story, uh, it's probably maybe this is her first time having to cope with something like that where she's sure. like because the, sure the the story that you're talking about happens in the future happens in the right? past happens before this instance and in, as far as the canon story goes yeah uh, rebels takes place when luke is i want to say between the ages of 12 and 16 okay so then then maybe i would look at it like she did that once and it didn't go well and it didn't work out. Somehow she lost it to him. Maybe the rule. Or like she, it was, she was the, frowned like, there's upon. There's not a real. There's not a real rule book in Mandalore right. culture. It seems like, and they're just so things can change. I think also more than anything, it Making drives it up the as plot. they go. Yeah, what we'll exactly. learn. We, we talk about this on our main show that we're doing this week, but you know, also they've came. Out, they've come out and said Mandalorian season three and yeah. season four are going to be about taking back Mandalore with this team and then everybody everybody else. So. I get the idea of that creates tension between them over the next couple seasons since mm-hmm. that's the new arc. So I'm down for that. But I just, as I was watching, I said, come on, you could have just told him, like, if you meet Moff Gideon, don't fight him. Call me and I'll come fight him. <laughs> I need to fight him so I can take this stupid stuff. If I don't fight him, then you get to be king. And another cool part about this, I know we want to get into the other stuff, but another really cool thing here, and we, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know that. You know, we I, th- I feel like you and I are pretty knowledgeable on Rebels and Clone Wars and things like that. The cool thing is, canon speaking, not extended universe, which is gone because it's all over the place. Speaking just from the canon, we don't know what happens next with Mandalore. We know that Darth Maul was able to take over Mandalore. Then he was ousted. And then the Empire, we know that the Empire destroyed Mandalore, basically turned it to glass, as Boba Fett says. Um, mm-hmm. because it was a big threat to the Sith. The Mandalorians, the only people to ever defeat a whole army of Sith. So right. Palpatine immediately would have them taken off the board. Right. So we don't know what's going to happen next. There's nothing that we're looking forward to. Like, Oh, I can't wait till Bo-Katan becomes queen. Or at this point, the show could lead to the fact where Din becomes the King of Mandalore. Cause he you know what I mean? Saber. Yeah. That is, there's a, that is a nothing. Hanging, stopping that is a cliffhanger. I don't, 
I don't think that'll happen. I think something will occur in the way I could imagine him, you know, dying or maybe just going and settling back on that water planet from season one with that chick. But regardless, I think that it's really cool that we're in a time now where they can do anything they want with the story of Mandalore. And we get to be, we get to have front row seats to watch it happen. Yes. I think uh, obviously the Mandalorian has pretty much sparked the saving of the franchise. Uh, But let's just talk about one more thing about the episode because we're running a little long and then we got the gossip after that. Um, The goss. That you have alluded to just now. So uh, in the episode, we get all of a sudden an X-Wing pops up out of nowhere. Did you... My first initial thought was, wait, wait. I definitely fell into my my niece's mind and was like wait 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 an x-wing hold on an x-wing fighter wait wait who the only the only wait that can't be no who else is it it's got to, no it can't be yeah. can't be yeah and then he, yeah because they, of, yeah he because of the rogue one. one what because it was one yeah. x-wing you know for a second when it was an x-wing I sort of felt that coming, you know, the, I, they're all getting ready to die. And then all of a sudden the, the alarm goes off. It's very Star Trek, you know, like something on scanners, yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, something's here to save the day. And it was an X-Wing. I was like, oh, maybe it's the new, the range of the new Republic. Okay. That mm-hmm. can be interesting. But then it was one. And I was like, that really narrows down who it could be. Yeah. And, and then I- the fact that it was old and a little tarnished, that narrowed it down even further to where I knew it could only be two people. Right, and then what you just—I mean, said it was fantastic. Was, by the way, I love that you brought that up. What the Rogue One? The it, Rogue yeah, One, it, um, it was parallel. The parallel to Rogue One, which I absolutely love, because that's one of my favorite scenes in any Star Wars movie. Is Darth Vader just coming through like, like just I would like, argue it's one of the top five. Oh, it's scenes gotta be in most people's in most people's books. It's, and for a certain reason, I can't wait to talk about this scene when we get that a little deeper. But, uh, but let's let's dive into who it is. So it's, and we don't, and you see Grogu with his hands on the screen. He's feeling the force. Yeah. He's feeling, he's like, yep, this is my man right here. That somebody's coming. Something, he senses yes. something. Maybe the same thing he sensed on the rock when he reached out. Yes. And I love that um, the the dark uh, droids, well, what are they called again? Yeah, the dark legends? troopers. The dark yeah. troopers. Yeah, yeah. They they get sucked out, but then come back. And yeah, the, I, I thought that same thing too. You know, there's that moment. By the way, we didn't even talk about how, how that scene. It shows something. It shows, you know, we're used to in Clone Wars that, that the droid armies can be taken down, they can be shot, they can be destroyed. But, but this is can. a new yeah. model. This is like the most elite droid we've ever seen. And we've seen it before. We saw it with how good IG 11 was when he just murked all those dudes, right? Yo, a IG-11 droid has capabilities. It was just like. They have capabilities that humans don't when it comes to the way they can shoot and aim and trajectory and all that shit, right? Right. But then these dark troopers, they're another thing. And when he's freaking punching him in the helmet and it's just going into the wall, you're like, these things are, and all of his weapons, we've seen all these great weapons, nothing yeah. works, even sets him on fire. And then the fact that, they, yeah, they get sucked out of the hatch. But all I could think of was, those motherfuckers are coming back. They don't need to breathe in space. Like, right. they're going to shoot and back in. Fly, and yeah. Sure as shit. They got through the ray shields and there they are. But as soon as, as, soon as they knew your, man, your man's in the X-Wing landed... All, all eyes were on him. And where did he land, by the way? If their shuttle was blocking the tube so Tie Fighters couldn't get out, how did that X-wing get through? 
Not the point. Doesn't matter. He's, you just use the force to move it out the way. Boom. He just said, get Next out question. of here. That's a big thing, even for Luke. Ah, what do you mean? He pulled Whoops. The, he pulled Spoiler the X- alert. <laughs> True, whatever. It doesn't matter. But he pulled the X-Wing out of the swamp, so I'm sure he could He never pulled the X-Wing out of the swamp. What do you mean? He didn't pull it out of the swamp. Yoda pulled it out of the swamp. Oh. Well, he... Because he said he wasn't possible. Yoda was the, all right. Here, dude. Yoda was there uh, as Force Ghost and moved the fucking Tie Fighter, and he landed. It's a in different it. boom. This okay. is a different Luke, though. Too. This is a much more as as we see. By the way, everybody, it's Luke. It's Luke. Um, the, fa- the, the famous this person, is a different the main character Luke that we've seen. Yes. Uh, I will say this though. I ran it through my mind. Like I'm like, is this Sebastian Stan? Tell me this is Sebastian Stan. I, no, I did the same be. thing. It can't be. I said, no, but they is it, cast it Sebastian Stan. He looks just fucking like him. I it, think everybody would have been okay with it. 100%. I mean, we've all seen the fan art, but like, yeah, I went through that stage of, oh, it's Luke. Is it Mark Hamill? Or did they see? No, it's got to be Sebastian Stan. They've been flirting with this. And, no, I can't. They're not going to do that. They're going to de-age He's him. already on, but then he's already like, on Disney's yeah, payroll. It's, it's a whole... It, I went through a whole bunch of questions real quick. And we don't see a face. And they did a good... I will say they did... Uh, for the time that he's in the show, they did a good job of, like, obviously keeping off his face. But when they sure. showed his face, I got to say the CGI was, on this was pretty trash. You know, it, it's tough. We're just not to the point where... I think budgetary reasons are a thing too for a TV show. You know, in Rogue One, Grand Moff Tarkin looks fucking amazing, right? Because it's a big, a big thing. This they had to do their best, and honestly, I think it's great. His mouth doesn't move that much, but the head looks real. Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple of things here that come into play, and I th- this is why I think, for the most part, the biggest reason why the CGI kind of had to suffer for this, and I think it's, it was generally accepted across the board because it it was a it was a great it was like him coming in the scene on the show like is great i don't think anyone's gonna argue that but my thing is they had to keep this a secret and i think by filming the show the way they do on this one set at one place with all these screens and it's the that's not multiple locations. I think that's how they're able to keep these secrets a little mm-hmm, tight. Absolutely. And I think that they, the longer they keep editing and rendering the CGI to make it the best, the more people know about it, the longer it's out in, in, in people's hands who can e- easily slip up. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that's the move there. I mean, I don't, I can't remember a, a show or a movie that didn't have these spoilers. I mean, look at Spider-Man 3. We getting every, I mean, it's all over the place. We're getting everything. everything from that. But the two biggest, biggest mind-blowing things about Mandalorian on a whole is Baby Yoda and Luke Skywalker. Sure. And Luke How Skywalker. they were able to keep that under wraps is is got to be... There's, there's some something to attest to that. So I think they chose... To, that's why I think we don't see a lot of face shots either, right? Like, let's get the minimum Definitely. that we need. Say what you need to say. Yeah. Put him in a hood, let him do his thing, and then, you know, say your few words and get out of here. Which actually plays, you know, Luke Skywalker, even in the original trilogy, he's not much of a talker. You know, he's got, he, he sort of, especially the more he gets into the Force, the more he's, and in Return of the Jedi especially, he uses, he it had that tone he has when he's in Jabba's palace, right? This yeah. sort of 
droll, direct, I'm in control, you're not in control thing. Like, I came here for him, give him to me, say your goodbyes, we're leaving. Yeah. And, and I want to go back now, because the one thing I really I don't want to miss is that thing you said earlier, because people that might not know what you're talking about, you know, the Rogue One, the Rogue One parallels, this whole thing of when that elevator door opens, right? And then he comes out swinging and just murks these dudes, okay? The parallel we're talking about is that final scene in Rogue One when Darth Vader enters and just goes nasty on those rebels, right? Like, it's this scene that's so crazy. He picks the, shoots that guy into the roof, cuts this dude in half. Like, I think what's so great about this one especially, and, what, and I talked about it in the past when we talked about Rogue One, there's nothing wrong with the, those initial three movies and the way that lightsaber fighting is. If you go back to the, the first one, episodes one, two, and three, right? They're fucking spinning around. They're doing front flips and fucking shooting. Bing, 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 which yeah, is actually Yoda's, pretty fun. Yoda's jumping off cave walls. He's shit. fucking flying and yeah. shooting, right? And then the original trilogy, obviously, it was in the 70s and 80s, right? Like, it's good, old-fashioned, like, knights fighting with swords. But what I love about those that scene from Rogue One is especially the fact that we don't, we never really get to see Darth Vader go ham. If you think about that first scene yeah, in A New sure. Hope, the door opens, er, the stormtroopers kill everybody, and then he enters. He has a good fight in A New Hope. He has a good, or he has a good fight in Empire Strikes Back with Luke, and then he has a good fight in Return of the Jedi. But you don't really get to see him be imposing unless you watch Rebels. Right. In that moment, you get to see, oh no, this guy is terrifying. And I love the how that plays very well with this scene with luke coming through the elevator and murking on these dark troopers because it shows what we've never seen we've seen luke use his lightsaber but what has he done with it he's blocked a couple shots on jabba's barge he fought he fought darth vader but there's no scene where he's freaking cutting through anything and so we get to see this idea of like darth vader and luke skywalker are the two best the two best there's ever been Mm -hmm. and oh shit they're just that good all the way to the point where you get to see Luke actually use a force crush, which you don't get to see Jedi's do. That's not a thing. The only other one that I can think of that I've ever seen is that Mace Windu mm-hmm. force crushes General Grievous's chest, which is why he has that cough in the movies. Yes. Uh, you don't, but that's only in a cartoon. This was the first time you see Luke like demolish somebody with the force and then keep going. I mean, Such yeah, a cool th- moment. I mean, he's throwing bodies around too. Like, oh, that's- he's bringing them to him to cut him in half. He's yeah. freaking. It's just merciless. See, that's the Jedi part, work. Yes, that's the part of the force that I think is so exciting and and fun to watch. Is just like being able to move stuff with your hand, like multitasking in a sense. You know what I mean? Like pulling someone over here, choking this guy out without touching them. You know. Yeah, I'm having fun. It was a great scene, um, and I love the way that it was shot. I would have been really excited to see Sebastian Stan pop out of that hood, but. Would have been great, but you know what? I, it was Mark Hamill's voice and and everything, so they're keeping it original. And yes. it might be one of the last times we get to see Luke, you know. And and I think if we can kind of transition, I know we're going long, but transition to the end of this episode. I really wanted to hear what you thought because I didn't see this show as being um, a multiple arc type of show. I figured that what happens in the very beginning of the show in season one is the story that would carry through. But I mean, the Groku arc is done. Yeah, like that's the Grogu went off with Luke, and that's that's it. that's it. Now the Mandalorian, like I said earlier, you know, this show that they've confirmed season three and possibly season four, not possibly yes, like the show is going to change trajectories. It's not about Grogu anymore. It's about taking back your home world, and I think that that I did not see that coming. Did you see that coming? No, and I think it's still yet to be determined. I don't know if that's a finite thing, but this episode felt very 
completed. Right? Right. We got we got Mando. In fact, and- so much so that when it ended, myself and I know a lot of people were like, Oh shit, is that the end? Is that is that now now we get this cool after credit scene that shows the next show? Like which, did it end, but which then is the first it makes sense that it did. This is the first post credit scene that Star Wars has ever done. Which is dope. Which is definitely an MCU move that works very well. Uh, yeah, so this sh- show and season ends with the departure of Baby Yoda and going off to Skywalker Ranch with Luke Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> and then Heading off possibly, to Skywalker Ranch, folks. And possibly getting murdered by Kylo Ren. We don't know yet. Um, but yes, this is there's a goodbye. Mando breaks all the rules. Takes his helmet off. They say goodbye, which is a very sad moment. But it felt very finite. Like, they could... If they don't... And we'll get into this season three shit in a second. But you could close off the show right now and be done with it. And it's fine. There'd be a lot of open-ended questions. What happens next with Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and all that stuff. But that's like... Those aren't... the, The main characters are... And the relationship is between those two characters. Uh, yeah, Grogu I'm just and, saying there would be a lot yeah. of unanswered of course, questions. For all the fanboys. Like, the fanboys wait, would be so, like, wait, wait, what happened to the... Wait, yeah. so that whole skiff about the Darksaber and there's just no talk about it? It's, it's just over? Right. Anyway. So this brings me back to my next question because, Chris, um, let's get into this jelly. Uh, season three. We... You, I had uh, projected the story about Pedro Pascal and and the whole mass thing. Or Boy, the... she really fucking blew it, didn't she? No, I, I don't. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I would, love being right. I I would say that I would argue that you're wrong. I I feel really? like she might have been. Because he right. quit the show. Not that he quit the show, but in the in leading up to the the scenarios that happen. She's technically right. At one point, like, and this has yet to be officially said. They there has been said that there is going to be a season three, but at one point, season three was the post credit scene, which is the book of Boba. They they Kathleen Kennedy had said the story will continue December twenty twenty one, and that just meant like everyone's like, oh, season three. But then, at the end of this episode, we see the Book of Boba will start. Blah blah blah. December. Great end scene, by the way. Great end scene. Yes, it was. It was. It ties the knot on a lot of stuff. Um, but then it says December twenty twenty one, which threw a confusion across the galaxy. Yeah, it was. A, I'm guessing it was a misspeak. No, they. I think here's what here's what it is. They were at the investor. They they couldn't really spoil what the next chapter was, and and they're talking. She was talking about spinoffs, so she was right. kind of limited to what was going to happen because she couldn't say anything with one episode left in in the season. So it had already been uh, confirmed that there what there was going to be a season three. I think early on it had been said that season three would also start in December of twenty twenty one. So that's when the spark of, and I think this also goes back to you being like, well, now she could play multiple cards and say that she was technically right when she wasn't. 
We're also talking about Grace Randolph for those who haven't been following along. But they so they've started filming Book of Boba. That's already projections. Yes, and already got that going. And so Pedro Pascal hasn't been on that set. But it was it's been known that it's been rumored that that was season three. So now, yeah, John Favreau has gone on Good Morning America to try to clear that up. I don't know if that was the intention, but I think it was. I think it was to say because honestly, I respect that they did that at the investors thing that he was like that they didn't ruin Book of Boba because it was coming out. But I'm glad he went on Good Morning America because um, there definitely was some stuff that needed to be cleared up about that mm-hmm. and being like the dates and times, how it goes. And like, yeah, we we finished filming you know Mandalorian five months ago. But so we start on Book of Boba to get that going, but then we're just going to pick up because Book of Boba has to do all new, you know, sets and all new costumes and all new characters. We can just sort of pop back into where we've been doing in the set we've been doing when we go into production. Which is the also the, which is Three. also the beauty of the set that they're using because they so cool. easy you can, to you, you can just can walk in and go, "Here we go." And just flip it on. So it's not like they have to do a whole lot of turnover. And the characters are established, you know what I mean? They've already got Bo-Katan, Cara Dune, Mayfield like the Book of Boba show, and we'll talk about this in another thing, my theory about what that show is, but in general, that's them saying, we've got Boba Fett and we've got Fennec Sand. What the fuck are we going to do? we got to add a bunch of people. we got to add new prosthetics. we got to add new, like, alien characters. It's a whole thing. And again, it's they're currently filming that it's on yeah. production or whatever. Uh, but what threw the confusion in is, is the references to season three. And... After the the episode, it says December. So pe- many people were like, "Wait, is it?" it for me, I th- was expecting okay, Book of Boba is going to be season three because that we saw a finite series close. We saw Mandalorian done. There's no reason to run two shows at the same time. That's stupid. I disagree, but okay. Why would you? And this is my example because I've I've had this conversation before. But my example is, why would you? Why would you uh, have two shows running at the same time and have people watching shows at the same time for eight weeks? Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that so they can they can shake up the so that you watch eight and that show ends. There's a next show to keep you hooked on the app. Yeah. Yes. 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 Marketing standpoint from a marketing standpoint. Completely agree. Genius. So I went back and obviously the Marvel calendar is a perfect example of that. And I was so confused why for a second when we were talking about the Marvel calendar that I was like, well, December's like wide open. Why is that? Because they're gonna What's give going Star. They're gonna give it Star Wars. That's the Star Wars. Hell yeah, give it a month. wide berth. Yeah. So the so John Favreau came on Good Morning America said that Kathleen Kennedy was indeed talking about Book of Boba December twenty twenty one. Season three is being written or is in pre production, but isn't coming out till later. So, there's also other Mandalorian spinoff shows, Ahsoka, as well as um, Rangers of the... Rangers of the New Republic. Yes. So, they're trying to build that MCU kind of series, in the sense, I think, of everything, but... Well, they've talked about because Rangers of the New Republic, Mandalorian, and Ahsoka are all going to collide into one show, very similar to what we saw with the Marvel Knight shows and the Defenders, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is exciting as all fucking get out. Saving on, Kathleen Lord. Kennedy's ass, that's for sure. Oh, well, maybe. We'll see. She's got to go. Favreau's going to take her job nah, if she's not careful. 
Uh, well, he, I think he's turning into more of a Kevin Feige, so. Which means get her gone. Yeah, he, he should. He'd probably be the better person at it, but then we'd lose him for some other stuff like Marvel. Anyway, it's That's fine. That's true. Whatever, it's fine. I'd rather more Star Wars stuff with good meat. Anyway, so techni- so going back on everything, obviously there's a drama with Pedro Pascal and behind the scenes. If there is, if there isn't. The, it sure. makes a little if bit more is, sense. If there is, if there is, it makes a little bit more sense now. Obviously, why he's not on the season three because I'm sure they've been calling it that, but now it's turned out to be Book of Boba. Right. So, I don't know. I did feel like it was kind of finite. And John Favreau also said on Good Morning America that the season three will follow our beloved characters. So that could go both. That could go two ways, right? It could go. We could follow the Mandalorian, or we could follow the Baby Yoda, Grogu. Yeah, we're definitely going to follow the Mandalorian. I mean, that would make more sense because the show is called The Mandalorian, but... Yeah, and it's easier, I think. That's my thing, too. Like, when I think about it, like... Not that Grogu's hard. He takes four people to make the puppet work, but, like... Then you gotta keep animating a Luke Skywalker face, and, like... Those are things you do to end... And And I brought this up. I think the best example would be anybody out there who watches anime... Anime has a lot of series, especially long-running series, that have arcs. Like, you feel like they beat the bad guy, everyone's happy, the show could end right now. But then they make a new arc where the characters come back and they have a new enemy and a new thing to do, right? And I think that I think that, that just makes more sense because you can do people, you can do some different stuff. You, there's a lot of unanswered questions still and how that ties in with what's with Grand Admiral Thrawn and what happens there. There's some really exciting things coming for The Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of questions, a lot of open stuff, but I think a lot of it too is also I would I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Grogu maybe in Ahsoka. It's possible. I mean, that's another that's another huge thing that people have a ton of questions about is like, well, okay, he's 50 years old. This takes place 10 years after. So, where is he during the next 3? Like, yeah. he obviously didn't go with, he didn't become a Knight of Ren, so what happened to him? And and honestly, that, for me, if we're just taking a step back from the actual, the fact that we, we pretend that all this stuff is fucking real, that's going to have to be some clever writing. Because you know when those motherfuckers were writing freaking A Force Awakens, they weren't thinking, you know, in seven years, there'll be a TV show, and it'll have a little tiny Yoda on it. No, so it's gonna be like, oh boys, how do we make this one work? Well, I mean, do you think we'll get something? We'll get more info on Yaddle. Who's Yaddle? Oh, <laughs> the other Yoda being that's a Jedi. The female Yoda from Episode One. I, I yeah, is it a female? Yeah, she's a female. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I feel like that was a mistake. I feel like they said let's put another Yoda on there, and then they're like, oh fuck, Yoda means more than just. Shit, okay, cool. He doesn't actually have, oh, fuck us, right? It was weird. He's the greatest yeah. Jedi that ever lived. You know what I mean? That's, that's not, he's the, not to lie. He's the greatest force wielder that ever lived. So he's, a, he's got to be special, especially if he's some sort of demigod from the force, you know? <laughs> it's very exciting, though. It's very, very exciting. Yeah, it's, it's going to go multiple ways. Hopefully. Also, a very a very exciting piece, too. Just stepping back just for a second before we run out of time. Um, one thing we didn't talk about this episode, I think what I would say is the hidden gem is at the very beginning, 
uh, with the hij- with the the pirate, the taking over to get the clone doctor, right? The conversation between Cara Dune and the the bat, the ex empire or the Empire guy, right? About the Death Star's destruction. Oh yeah. What a great, what a great, just tiny little piece. Everyone always talks about it, right? There's what you see the Which memes, you see the jokes, the idea of like, the idea of, uh, you know, built a space station that created millions of jobs blown out of the sky, right? Luke Skywalker massacred millions of people with one click of a button, right? But then what I think is interesting is, you know, the idea, you really see this idea of like how, what I would say as extremists get things in their mind, right? So he's saying, and we, and this is in direct, direct contrast to the previous episode where Mayfield saying, what were our other options? We had to join the fucking empire. So basically this guy's saying, you killed a space station that had, that had millions of people on it, most of them who just needed a job, right? But the idea is that it's twisted, that you can't, that you don't think about that way because he said you that millions died in the Death Stars. When in fact, the population of Alderaan was 2.3 billion people. And the, and the Death Star wiped that out, destroyed that planet just to prove a point. So the idea is that it's showing this, this conversation of, well, you killed millions and we've killed, uh, we've killed millions. We go billions, actually. Billions, so yeah. wh- why do you think you're so much better than us? But it's like this idea of like, fuck you, guy, because you're the bad guys. You killed a whole planet. <laughs> I just thought that was such a nice little gem to put in there. It wasn't just a throwaway line. It was like a real conversation about how someone can be so indoctrinated into their beliefs that they can think, you guys are the terrorists. You killed millions of us without acknowledging they killed billions, not to mention Project Cinder, not to mention everything else the Empire did, right? It's 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 phenomenal. It was just such a good piece of writing in there. It made me very excited. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, any reference to the original movies is always going to... Yeah, get out of here. You're just saying the word Death Star. You're like, I nutted! <laughs> Chris, Blast Trasher, Math for Season 2. Eh, it's a trash. Trash. He's giving it a trash. It's a splash! Yeah, definitely a splash. It's a, it's a wrap. Um, let us know what you thought of this episode. Obviously, we went on really long because uh, tons to talk about. Uh, stick around because also coming is our main show where we got some Warner Brothers news. More. Yeah, we, do. we got some stimulus news for those who Ooh, yeah, it's spicy. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of the next episode. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter, with my man, Chris Bucky Watts. Uh, we will be back. We will be back when we're talking WandaVision. So I was thinking, I was going to ask you that, Brad. Mm-hmm. Is that the next, the next episode will be WandaVision? That uh, starts January 12th, I believe, correct? Fif- I think 15th, I thought. Well, who gives a shit? One of the Januaries. <laughs> 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 yes, let's just be, <laughs> let me just get this in. Get it in. Yeah, something like that. But you know when it starts. We'll be back that same week with a fresh episode. I do want to make a correction real quick, though. The Marvel stuff's only six episodes, not eight. So my calendar is a little effed up, which we'll talk about on the main show. See you there. We out of here, baby. Peace. Bye.